Chapter 11, Part 2 of Glimpses of Italian Society in the 18th Century by Hester Lynch Piozzi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Return to Milan, Part 2. Verona. The road from Padua hither is a vile one. One can scarcely make twenty miles a day in any part of the Venetian state. Its senators accustomed to water carriage have little care for us who go by land. The Palanzuolo way is worse, however, and I am glad once more to see sweet Verona. Petruchio and Catherine might easily have met with all the adventures related by Gremio on their journey thither, but when once arrived she should have been contented. This city is as lovely as ever, more so than it was last April twelvemonth, when the spring was sullen and backward. Every hill now glows with the gay produce of summer, and every valley smiles with plenty expected or pleasure possessed. We took leave of our learned friends here with concern, but hoped to see them again and tread the stucco floors so prettily mottled and variegated they looked like the cold mock turtle soup exactly which London pastry cooks keep in their shops ready for immediate use. What an odd thing is custom. Here is whether to fry one in, yet, after exercise and in a state of the most violent perspiration, no consequences follow the use of iced beverages, except the sense of pleasure resulting from them at the moment. Should a bath bell indulge in such luxury after dancing down forty couple at Mr. Tyson's ball, we should expect to hear next day of her sudden surfeit at least, if not of her sudden death. Lying-in ladies take the same liberty with their constitutions and say no harm comes of it. And when I tell them how differently we manage in England, cry, Mi pare che deve essere schiavitù grande in quel paese della benedetta libertà. Note. Methinks there seems to be much slavery required from those who inhabit your fine free country of England. End note. Fine muslin linen nicely got up is, however, say they, one of the things to be produced only in Great Britain, and much do our Italian ladies admire it, though they look very charmingly with much less trouble taken. I lent one lady at some place, I remember, my maid to show her, as she so wished it, how the operation of clear starching was performed. But as soon as it began, she laughed at the superfluous fatigue, as she called it, and her servants crossed themselves in every corner of the room with wonder that such niceties should be required. Well, they might, for I caught a great tall fellow ironing his lady's best neck-handkerchief with the warming-pan here at Padua very quietly, and she was a woman of quality, too, and looked as lovely when the toilet was once performed, as if much more attention had been bestowed upon it. Mantua We passed through Mantua the 18th of June, where nothing much attracted my notice except a female figure in the street, veiled from head to foot and covered wholly in black. She walked backward and forward along the same portion of the same street 
from one to three o'clock in the heat of the burning sun her hand held out but when i more from curiosity than any better motive put money in it she threw it silently away and the beggars picked it up while she held her hand again as before this conduct in any town of england will be deemed madness or mischief the woman will be carried before a magistrate to give an account of herself should the mob forbear to uncase her till they came or some charitable person would seize and carry her home fill her pockets with money and coax her out of the anecdotes of her past life to put in the magazine her print will be published and many engravers struggle for its profits the name at the bottom annabella or the sable matron while novels will be written without end and the circulating libraries would lend them out all the live-long day things are differently carried on however at mantua i asked one shopkeeper and she gravely replied per divozione and took no further notice another to my inquiries which appeared to him far odder than the woman's conduct said the lady was possibly doing a little penance that he had not minded her till i spoke but that perhaps it might be some woman of fashion who having refused a poor person roughly on some occasion was condemned by her confessor to try for a couple of hours what begging was and learn humanity from the experience of evil the idea charmed me while the man coolly said all this was only his conjecture but that such things were done too often to attract attention and hoped such virtue was not rare enough to excite wonder my just applause of such sentiments was stopped by the lackey de place calling me to dinner when he informed me that he had asked about the person whose behaviour struck me so and could now tell me all there was to be known she was a lady of quality he said who had lost a dear friend on the day some years past and that she wore black for two hours ever since upon the anniversary but that she would now change her dress and i should see her in the evening at the opera my recollecting that if this were her case i ought to have been keeping her company as no one ever lost a friend so dear to them as was my incomparable mother who likewise left me to mourn her loss on this day thirteen years spoiled my appetite and took from me all power of meeting the lady at the theatre piacenza piacenza we found to offer us few objects of attention an improvisatore and not a very bad one amused that time which would otherwise have been passed in lamenting our paucity of entertainment while his artful praises of england put me in a good humour spite of the weather which was too hot to bear with all our lamentations about the heat however here is no cicala on the trees or lucciola on the hedges as of florence the days are a little longer too and the crepe school less abrupt in its departure how often upon the ponte della trinita have i secretly regretted the long-drawn evenings of an english summer when the dewy nightfall refreshes the air and silent dusk brings on a train of meditations uninspired by italian skies in this decided country all that is not broad day is dark night 
all that is not loud mirth is penitence and grief when the rain falls it falls in a torrent when the sun shines it glows like a burning glass where the people are rich they stick gems in their very walls and make their chimneys of amethyst where they are poor they clasp your knees in an agony of pinching want and display diseases which cannot be a day survived talking on about italy in which there is no mediocrity and of england in which there is nothing else we arrived at lodi where i began to rejoice in hearing the people cry noco altro again in reply to our commands because we were now once more returned to the district and dialect of near milan where we have cool apartments and warm friends and where after an absence of fifteen months we shall again see those acquaintances with whom we lived once before a sensation always delightfully soothing even when one returns to less amiable scenes and less productive of innocent pleasure than these have been to me milan twenty first of june seventeen eighty six after rejoicing over my house and my friends and asking a hundred questions and hearing a hundred stories of those long left after reciprocating common civilities and talking over common topics we observed how much the general look of milan was improved in these last fifteen months how the town was become neater the ordinary people smarter the roads round their city mended and the beggars cleared away from the streets we did not find however that the people we talked to were at all charmed with these new advantages their convents demolished their processions put an end to the number of their priests of course contracted and their church plate carried by cartloads to the mint holidays forbidden and every saint's name erased from the calendar excepting only st peter and st paul whilst those shopkeepers who worked for monasteries and those musicians who sung or played in oratorios are left to find employment how they can cloud the countenance of all and justly as such sudden and rough reforms shock the feelings of the multitude offend the delicacy of the nobles and make a general stagnation of business and of pleasure in a country where both depend upon religious functions and terrify the clergy into no ill-grounded apprehensions of being found in a few years more wholly useless and as such dismissed well whatever is done hastily can scarcely be done quite well and wherever much is done a great part of it will doubtless be done wrong a considerable portion of all this however will be confessed useful and even necessary when the hour of violence on one side and prejudice on the other is passed away as the fire of london has been found beneficial by those who live in the newly restored town meantime i think the present precipitation indecent enough for my own part a thousand little errors would burn out of themselves were they suffered to die quietly away and when the morning breaks in naturally it is superfluous as awkward to put the stars out with one's fingers like the hours in guercino's aurora footnote in the fine ceiling of the palazzo ludovigi at rome the hours which surround aurora's chariot are employed in extinguishing the stars with their hands End footnote. 
whoever therefore will be at pains a little to pick their principles not grasp them by the bunch will find as many unripe at one end i believe as there are rotten at the other for could we see these hasty innovators erecting public schools for the instruction of the poor or public workhouses for their employment did they unlock the treasure-house of true religion by publishing the bible in every dialect of their dominions and oblige their clergy to read it with the souls committed to their charge i should have a better idea of their sincerity and disinterested zeal for god's glory than they give by tearing down his statues or those of his blessed virgin mother which carlo borromeo set up the folly of hanging churches with red damask would surely fade away of itself among people of good sense and good taste who could not long be simple enough to suppose that concealing greek architecture with such transient finery and giving to god's house the air of a tattered theatre could in any wise promote his service or their salvation many superstitious and many unmeaning ceremonies do die off every day because unsupported by reason or religion dr carpani a learned lawyer told me but to-day that here in lombardy they had a custom no longer ago than in his father's time of burying a great lord or possessor of lands with a ceremony of killing on his grave the favourite horse dog etc that he delighted in when alive a usage borrowed from the oriental pagans who burn even the widows of the deceased upon their funeral pile and among our monuments in westminster abbey set in the days of darkness i have minded now and then the hawk and greyhound of a nobleman lying in marble at his feet some of our antiquarians should tell us if they killed them another odd affinity strikes me half a century ago there was an annual procession at shrewsbury called by way of pre-eminence shrewsbury show when a handsome young girl of about twelve years old rode round the town and wished prosperity to every trade assembled at the fair i forget what else made the amusement interesting but have heard my mother tell of the particular beauty of some wench who was ever after called the queen because she had been carried in triumph as such on the day of shrewsbury show now if nobody gives a better derivation of that old custom it may perhaps be found a dreg of the romish superstition which as many years ago in various parts of italy prompted people to dress up a pretty girl on the twenty-fifth of march or other season dedicated to the virgin and carry her in procession about the streets singing litanies to her etc and ending in profaneness of admiration a day begun in idleness and folly at rome however no such indecorous absurdities are encouraged we saw a beautiful figure of the madonna dressed from a picture of guido reni borne about one day but no human creature in the street offered to kneel or gave one the slightest reason to say or suppose that she was worshipped some sweet hymns were sung in her praise as the procession moved slowly on but no impropriety could i discern who watched with great attention our good italians here will not condescend to live a lie if now and then they scruple not to tell them no man in this country pretends either to tenderness or to indifference when he 
feels no disposition to be indifferent or tender and so removed are they from all affectation of sensibility or of refinement that when the conceited englishman starts back in pretended rapture from a raphael he has perhaps little taste for it is difficult to persuade these sincerer people that his transports are possibly put on only to deceive some of his countrymen who stand by and who if he took no notice of so fine a picture would laugh and say he had been throwing his time away without making even the common and necessary improvements expected from every gentleman who travels through italy yet surely it is a choice delight to live with the everlasting scourge held over london and bath of what will they think and what will they say has no existence and to reflect that i have now sojourned nearly two years in italy and scarcely can name one conceited man or one affected woman with whom in any rank of life i have been in the least connected there is a natural loyalty among the lombards which oppression can scarcely extinguish or tyranny destroy and as i have said a thousand times they pretend to love no one they do love their rulers and rather grieve than growl at the afflictions caused by their rapacity i was told that i should find few discriminations of character in italy but the contrary proves to be true and i do not wonder at it among those people who by being folded or driven altogether in a flock as the french are with one fashion to serve for the whole society a man may easily contract a similarity of manners by rubbing down each asperity of character against his nearest neighbour no less plastic than himself but here where there is little apprehension of ridicule and little spirit of imitation monotonous tediousness is almost sure to be escaped the very word polite comes from polish i suppose and at paris the place where you enjoy le véritable vernis ce matin in perfection the people can scarcely be termed polished or even varnished they are glazed and everything slides off the exterieur of course leaving the heart untouched it is the same thing with other productions of nature in caverns we see petrifactions shooting out in angular and eccentric forms because in castleton hole dame nature has fair play while the broad beach of brighthelmston ever more battered by the same ocean exhibits only a heap of round pebbles and these round pebbles all alike end of chapter 11 part 2